This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everyone. If you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. And now to today's episode of Rao Pal Real Vision. The world of crypto is an incredibly exciting journey that we're all going on together. We don't know where it's leading to, but we know it's going to be absolutely massive. Join me, Ral Powell, as I guide you on our adventure to discover just what this new world will look like. Welcome once again to this special edition of Adventures in Crypto with me, Tarek Naslawi. I am the president of a company called Science Magic Studios. We use emerging technology like blockchain and Web3 to help deepen connections between brands and people. Now, as I'm coming accustomed to saying now at the beginning of these episodes, you'll probably notice that I'm not actually Raul Pal. Raul is a good friend and a colleague as well. He's one of the co-founders of, of SMS. And for the month of August, he's given me the privilege of taking you on a very special tour on all things about brands and Web3. This is a topic which is talked about a lot. Brands and their communities being one of the big opportunities for adoption in the space. And we've seen a lot of exciting moves in the last year or two um, but we also can see that it's not a cakewalk to get it right. So our job this month is to get under the hood into the why, the what, and the how of brands investing in the space with the people who are actually driving it behind the scenes. And with that, it is a very special privilege to welcome our guest today, Ben Blamoutier. I hope I'm saying that correctly, Ben. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Exactly, Blamoutier, I'm Matt. And I was like, as you can hear, I'm French. So uh, hi, everyone, and thank you for the, the invitation. Now, as our viewers will be able to tell by now, Ben, you are with Lacoste, one of the brands that has been very active and committed in the Web3 space for the last 12 months. And your role at Lacoste is the VP of Global Brand and Consumer Experience, right? And so if, if, that, if I've got that right, why don't you bring us in a little bit to what a day in the life looks like for the VP of Global Brands and Consumer Experience at the cost? <laughs> it's a lovely, a nice day uh, every week. Uh, I have a chance to to lead. Um, at Lacoste, I joined Lacoste three years ago, uh, more than three years ago right, uh, now. And my mission is to, to translate our uh, brand storytelling, our collections, our uh, fashion pieces into a customer experience. So my job is to uh, connect with communities in the most elevated way uh, that the teams can do because we have a, a strong premiumization strategy at Lacoste and we connect with our communities in many touch points. Uh, and this is my mission to talk with communities around social media, around Web3 also, which is a kind of new social media for us. Uh, around CRM also and customer engagement and then to propose the best customer experience uh, in our stores, uh, online stores uh, with a strong digital branding initiatives on our e-com and also uh, in retail around our flagships but also uh, regular stores and outlets. 
Wow. Okay. So that is a lot, right? I mean, we can see, we can see now sort of the sub, the sub elements of, of what makes up the title. One of the things in speaking to leaders inside industry and brands driving this thing, it's always interesting to understand what, where, what role are they playing in the organization and, and how is the Web3 opportunity clustered with other things? And what's very interesting about your current role is you're actually responsible for pretty much the consumer experience at every touch point that Lacoste has to offer. And Web3 is now being considered one new medium within that um, array of things that you've got going on. Is that right? So you're also responsible for all things related to loyalty, for example. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when uh, before the, the Web3 hype and the Web3 trend that, uh, that occurred like in sec second semester of 2021, uh, we already started at Lacoste to to design and to implement a strategy of connection with the communities because we created a new cycle around the brand in 2020 where we wrote this new brand mission, which was liberate movement and connect to all cultures because we are really lucky at Lacoste to have a brand which is really relevant to many cultures like classic cultures, fashion cultures, street cultures, we have many kinds of different customers that meet each other only in one place, a Lacoste store. And this is something we are really lucky about. And we began to wrote a new kind of customer experience where we wanted to connect with these communities. So we first, we liberate our publishing strategy on social media. We designed a new loyalty program, but we wanted also to have new kinds of relationships with our communities like not only transactional relationships, but also to build like new kinds of interactions with our communities and audiences. And the Web3 was for us a strong opportunity to liberate the creativity of our customers, to make them also entering in a more conversational experience with the brand uh, and also to make them play with us. And this is why Web3 for Lacoste was not only an opportunity to uh, do a nice PR, uh, a nice PR uh, operation or a nice uh, one-shot uh, move. Uh, for us, it was really, really relevant in the way we wanted to build more horizontal relationships, more horizontal connections with our community. So this is why for us, it's not only something we want to test. This is something we want to succeed and we want to implement it at scale in our global customer experience. It's going to take time for sure, but we think that in the next decade, the basis of new loyalty programs will be a balance between a reward model because you are loyal in a transactional way to the brand, but also balance with a more experiential, a more conversational, a more creative way of rewarding people because they are talented and they are feeding the brand with their creativity. And this is what we want to do at Lacoste. Wow. Then in that little intro there, you have given so many hooks that we can talk about as opposed to like the, the why and the what and how that's manifested also with your program, the underwater program. Uh, which we're going to talk more, more and more about. Now, before I get too excited and dive straight into that, just tell us 
how does someone end up doing a role like this, which includes a Web3 element at a brand like Lacoste? Give us a bit of a background on your career and the winding path towards this moment. Yeah, uh, so uh, my background, uh, I started like uh, 13 years ago at VP, uh, Vente Privé, uh, which is uh, one of the major uh, pure players in Europe, uh, Flash Sales website, uh, which is doing right now, I think, three, three or four billion uh, euros turnover. Uh, so I started my career at VP uh, in and I had a success. Uh, so different jobs around the uh, first around B2B marketing. So uh, building relationships, marketing relationships with all the brands who are uh, working with this uh, company. Uh, then I worked on digital innovation, uh, working uh, also on on uh, startup programs also for VP uh, at uh, Station F, which is a big startup place yeah. uh, in Paris. Uh, that you see I've spent some time. I've spent a lot of time down there in my time what? with Adidas. Actually, yes, I did. Yes, one of my yeah. favorite 2018, 2019. It's a it's a fantastic yeah. environment. Yeah, exactly. With a full of creativity, of uh, of energy, and it's a really really great place in uh, in Paris. And uh, and then I was a marketing director for uh, for a VP. So uh, working on. A uh, classic function of of CMO for a pure player working on around acquisition, CRM, category management, uh, web design, uh, custom personalization, data, etc. Uh, and I joined Lacoste uh, three years ago uh, uh, to uh, work on the customer experience or to make it also more digital because uh, Lacoste was. I think a good, a really strong company in the e-com uh, with a good digital footprint. Uh, and then my mission was also to make uh, the customer maybe more at the center of the experience with a, a better focus also on how we can build like more omnichannel relationships with our customer in an elevated way because we are not only uh, building connections with people in the experience. We want also to do them in the most relevant and elevated way for the brand because more and more this brand is uh, more and more premium uh, and we are investing a lot also in the brand so we want that all that we do in the customer experience seems like the most uh, elevated way uh, that, that we can do. Uh, so this is my, my background and then uh, also really uh, really into the, the innovation also in digital innovation, social media, loyalty. So this is my big, big, uh, big focus. I'm doing also on both professional and personal life. So uh, Web3 was quite natural for me because maybe this was the next step for this kind of, uh, of, uh, of topics. So when the Web3 uh, trend started for brands. Uh, this was really interesting for me to enter it, to learn a lot because I'm not a web free native guy, guy. Uh, absolutely not. And I have, uh, I entered this space with uh, a lot of humility because I learned a lot, learned a lot around blockchain, around crypto, around NFTs. Uh, and I think that what we try to do at Lacoste is to find how we can build on long term around these trends and not only using them for a short term uh, short term uh, marketing action and i think we the learning phase was uh, is now over and we we started building something i think long term and organic hey everyone we're going to take a quick pause and hear a word from our partners we'll be right back 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's fascinating to hear you join the dots because, you know, there is no single story about how people end up you know, uh, grabbing this technology and putting it to work. And so having a background in, um, you know, pretty hardcore pure play e-commerce on the marketing side, and then bridging that with this innovation chapter that you've had, which seems to be very much, you know, a, a, a red thread perhaps throughout, um, throughout your career as well. Those two things just led you to pick up web three as, you know, it's like, it's not like we weren't doing marketing before, right? Like, we we were always we were always doing marketing, but now the new medium just felt like an opportunity to to amplify or to accelerate this mission that you've been on at Lacoste around uh, what you said premiumization, um, having a horizontal relationship where we're co-creating with consumers, and one really key word that you used was play as well, right? The idea that a brand is actually in some form not just about product and experience, but it's also in some form entertainment. And the idea that you're creating new ways to interact is just makes a ton of sense when the competition for attention is very content heavy, you know, gaming worlds, a lot of mass media content going on out there. So that seems like a very natural thing to explore for somebody with your background. You've been in the space for a year. Was it something that like came bottom up in the organization? Did it come, you know, top down from the board? Was it something that you yourself said, you know what, if this is my role and my mission, we kind of really have to look at this technology. Let me strike up a team or whatever. Like, what was the genesis? What was the moment of spark? But it was in uh, like in October or November 2021 uh, when we saw the first moves of, of brands around NFTs. Uh, so I was uh, obviously uh, aware about blockchain, crypto for years. I was at Station F in Paris, so a lot of startups were working around blockchain, so I, I was quite uh, into it. Uh, but in, tw in, in late 2021, for the first time, Nike bought uh, Artifact, uh, Adidas uh, created the Into, Met Into the Metaverse program, Facebook became Meta, it was like a buzzword. And for us, we wanted to see not how we can participate to the buzz, but how we can take maybe the best of this new move because the claim was it was web free. So if it's web free, it's not web two anymore. So what was the difference? And when we looked around the, the philosophy, the web free philosophy, what was interesting for Lacoste was first the, the, yes, the philosophy of decentralization how we can build with a community, how we can maybe create more horizontal links with this community. And this was, uh, this, uh, this had a, a lot of sense for the brand uh, because in our global strategy, this is what we wanted to do. The technology also was really interesting for us because it was a way to build a new reward model also, uh, like 
to reward guys who want who are like entrepreneurs who want to participate to build with us and to reward them through the technology and this was really interesting and also the amplification because you use this word a few minutes ago and I think this is maybe the the most important word to qualify uh, web3 web3 didn't invent marketing uh, we were using social media for years we were doing reveal advertising uh, connect creating connections crm but the web3 created amplification in the way all brands have has, have equity all brands have a narrative but web3 allows brands to make people play with the narrative to make people enter in a virtual way into the narrative by playing with it and also web3 allows communities to modify to create to to work around with the narrative of a brand and this is something we wanted to test to discover like new playgrounds And this is what we started to do by launching the underwater project to see what is underwater when the crocodile is underwater. Because everyone knows what is above the surface. But what we wanted to do with the web is to get deep dive underwater and to discover a new world with our community. That that's actually I mean a great segue as well. So so for anybody who's watching who hasn't come across um, Lacoste program, which I think it was June 22, right? That you guys launched, um, the Genesis token of that. Um, and we'll, and we'll, we'll definitely talk like this has been a moving thing with several phases in, in the last, um, in the last year or so, but just the name of it underwater, which is represented as U N D W with a three. Um, can you just give us like an insight into, um, how underwater has been kind of codified in that, in that, in those letters in that number three. What, why under W three uh, to represent underwater? That it was for us because we wanted two, two things. To be really honest, uh, there was like a little trend of uh, in Web three, and maybe maybe brands do this trend in a like in a steely way, or uh, maybe not in the in the most. Uh, like elegant way, but to 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 contract the world and to put a free to make like a bit uh, a bit like we are web free native, to be honest. And also, it was also a way for us to have like a bit like maybe a more modern world. But you know, to be honest, if I I, I started the project again today, I think I will I will write it underwater in all the letters, because I think the the narrative we created around how we can create a journey in like the the invisible side of the brand, deep dive, hidden underwater. I think this is sufficient enough, and we are we do we are not we do not need to play with with letters to to tell this story. I really appreciate you. I mean, firstly, everybody who's watching. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we get to here. It's just like, you know, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What would we do differently? What would we do the same? We've seen a lot of threes in in names for sure. Um, but actually, the philosophy behind the name of you know, the Lacoste crocodile, which I think, you know, the more I've dug into it, the more I understand the background behind the crocodile um, itself and that becoming the emblem of the company. But below the waterline is where the action is. That's where you really live. That's like above the water is what everybody else sees. 
as part of this community, you get to see below the waterline. That's fantastic. So, so why, why don't we talk a little bit about um, that moment, right? Your brand's first entry into the space. Um, what was the Genesis Pass? Um, how many were there? What was, the, what was the sell, if you like, to get people involved in this thing? How did you price it? Like, what was the thinking behind the launch of the Genesis collection? But what what we wanted to do at the beginning is to launch the brand in the Web3 space. And for, for now, when we take a look back, it seems, seems easy. And what I'm going to say it seems obvious. But a year ago, this was really strong moves for a, long, a brand like a brand like Lacoste. First, we created our Discord, and we discovered this new uh, social media, this new social network which was quite surprising for us because we created a Discord. We announced that the brand was entering the, the space. And in like two days, we had like 100,000 people, like 2 million messages in like one week. And we discovered the power of a new kind of platform where we can interact directly with our fans and with our community. And this was a big move. And for me, as a professional, now I spend one hour or two per day speaking with my community. And you know, it's always what I'm saying about Web3. Web3 is like a giant slap of customer centricity that you take every morning. Because every day, now, thanks to Discord, I speak with my customers and they say to me, this is crazy, great work, or these things you've done, this is total shit, and, but with no filter. And this is really interesting because we discovered new feelings around the brands, new opinions, new tastes, new things our customers wanted to discover, a new way also to build a project with our community. So this was the first move. And the second move was the mint of our Genesis Pass, which was the, the golden ticket to enter the experience giving access to utility. We minted uh, 11,212 uh, Genesis Pass, uh, which were, uh, why, enfin, why this number? Because it's the L1212. L1212 is the original Lacoste Polo, the code of the, the Polo, uh, the name of our uh, iconic Polo, uh, invented uh, 90 years ago by René Lacoste, our founder. Uh, who was a, a tennis player and who cut the, the sleeves of uh, his uh, tennis shirt to create a polo to be more comfortable on the court. Uh, and we use this code as the number of units of, uh, of NFTs we minted uh, a year ago. And then, as in the Genesis book, uh, we had few chapters of creation around this project. We first a digital and virtually identity for our community because each holders were airdropped a PFP of a crocodile with different traits, uh, for sure. Uh, so they, we gave to our crocodiles a digital identity. Then we created merchandising. We created virtual worlds, etc., etc. during a year of creation, but also of learning for the brand because we did great things. We did huge mistakes, but I think what we did great was to listen on daily basis to our community and to build in a real collective way 
with our uh, fans. So obviously to the to the to the production team here at Real Vision, we've got to take that clack, that clip of Web3 is a big slap of consumer centricity and make that one of the absolute gems from this one. I think it's absolutely right. And and it's actually embodied in the actual experience that your Discord came before your launch, right? So you could have done no mint and no token, no nothing, and you would still be having a direct-to-consumer always-on um, channel um, or, or not. I mean, what, what do you think? Because, I mean, well, it sounds to me like there, there was there's kind of almost two awakenings here. One is what the digital asset brings to the party, but the other is just what having a room with your brand fans in it can do for your brand. I think, to, to be honest, in, we did it in, in, an, in, in an, an order of uh, steps that was necessary, but that was really interesting for the future because this project was also a success because people wanted to mint some NFT and to earn money at the end. Uh, and yeah. I'm going to be uh, honest, it's not only the magic of a brand, uh, people wanted also to participate to a minting experience and to enter uh, in a new collection with a collectible and at the end also maybe some value for them. But we created around this a strong experience where the utility is the community, where the utility is the creativity of the community. And I think what we built thanks to this starting point can now be available for other kinds of uh, mindsets, other kinds of communities, and that what we built can be available for fans without NFTs and without like the, the, the speculative uh, mindset around all these tokens. Yeah. Because now we have a platform we can use for regular Lacoste fans if and only if we are able to propose a customer journey that is maybe more uh, friendly than the web free customer journey, which is, for to be honest, a nightmare for uh, uh, regular customers uh, that want simplicity, that want things really easy to use. And for now, I think the, the web free customer journey has now not, has not, sorry, the maturity and not the, the easygoing way of the web, web two uh, yeah. user interface. Hey everyone, we're going to take another quick break and hear a word from our partners and then we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. Well, I mean, let's definitely, let's definitely um, come back to that because we're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to get from where we are to where we want to go. And, and this, is, this is something which is not unique to Lacoste. Um, also, you know, where I came from with, with, with Adidas as well and any other brand, you know, especially when you start with a Web3 native audience, uh, there's, a, there's a big question about the, to get from this to this, you know, how do we, how do we get there? But you, you, um, you launched this Genesis Pass. You also talked a little bit about Round two, which I think came a little bit later, right? So there was a few months with the Genesis path, with the Genesis pass. 
Um, and then you and then you decided to actually launch the emerge part, the the PFPs in October, right? What was what was I, I think the t- the topic of identity is? I mean, it's it's a it's a huge iceberg. There's probably a billion podcasts just on the topic of identity and the role of digital realms in identity. But it's an interesting um, choice for a brand to decide. It's, it's not it's not necessarily uncommon now. But it's an interesting choice for a brand to decide to say to its community, we want to give you a unique way of representing yourself online using something inspired by our intellectual property, right? Like what's the role of a brand in online identity? Like that, that's, that, that's something I know that we asked ourselves at Adidas a lot and, and, and Adidas has gone into alt in, in the same, same kind of direction. Check out the episode with Vladislav Lazarov from Adidas to, to, to dig into that. For Lacoste specifically, what was behind the decision a few months down the line to issue this PFP and identity? Was, and what was the role of your community in deciding to do that? For us, it, we, we have a, 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 a huge chance at Lacoste is that our crocodile, our logo, is like really, really uh, easy to create a PFP because we, we are calling our community crocodiles. Uh, in each communication, we say, hi, crocodiles. Internally, also in the company, we use this word because we think we are crocodiles. And giving life to this identity was really obvious for us because crocodile, giving a crocodile head to our community was, it was not a question for us. So we, 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 we created this PFP like in, in two or three months. We did it also with our uh, members, our holders, because we uh, we went in the design phase. We uh, did some votes around uh, uh, options we proposed to uh, to the community. So we were first, I think, the first brand to translate our uh, equity into a PFP and a digital identity. Uh, other kind of projects did it for for sure, but as a brand, I think we were the first and the first also to do a co-creation of the PFP by asking uh, holders of uh, different choices and options of what, uh, what, what they wanted about the, the PFP. We asked them if they wanted 2D or 3D, uh, a realistic crocodile or something like a bit, bit more creative. Uh, so the process was really interesting for us. And it was also a way to impact also culture because in, in a two ways. First way, our brand culture, because for the first time we created this crocodile head, which, re, which was really, really uh, like an innovation for us as a brand. And when we posted uh, these PFPs on Instagram, uh, it was like the groundbreaking record of likes for, the, for, uh, for Lacoste. Yeah, yeah. And never in the, our history an Instagram uh, post had uh, such results. So it was uh, for us uh, a new way also, a new playground to explore in our Web2 communication because this is culture and this is our, our way to feed our centric culture uh, and also a way to add a stone uh, to this building, uh, this NFT building who created so much new identities monkeys, uh, uh, punks, etc., etc., And it was also a way for us to uh, 
had to, to write our lines to this strong story, uh, and it was also interesting. Maybe we were not the most uh, like relevant design in uh, all the NFT ecosystem, but it was also a balance between NFT requirements and also a way to respect our DNA. And I think what we did is now appreciated by uh, our holders, and some of them don't even care about the floor price or uh, whatever the money they are going to have maybe one day with their PSP. This is their identity on Discord, on Twitter, on Instagram, on their their merchandising because they printed (laughs) their PSP on their their clothing. And this is a really strong way also to create engagement and we are really uh, happy of what we did with this uh, initiative. I hope I hope we can get a couple of images of the Emerge collection, and so people can kind of get a get a, a feel for it, slotted into the video here. Because um, I think anybody who's familiar with the Lacoste brand and who sees that will will appreciate that 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 that's quite unexpected use of of the IP of the crocodile itself. It's a new design language, actually, almost. There's not we're not taking cues from something which has happened before. And uh, what you just said about that being one of the most liked things on Instagram, um, it's almost like great to take that back into the organization and say, look, you know, there's more than one way that we can see the Lacoste emblem, the Lacoste um, IP here, and it can have relevance in culture in more than one execution. How was that received? You know, like, I know that we had a lot of discussions about this when when, uh, I was still working at Adidas around uh, how much to play with the design philosophy and how much to stick to it, right? In Lacoste, is the kind of the brand language something which is very sacred? Were you were you given a lot of license to experiment with that? Were you supported in that? Or did you have to kind of shock the organization a little bit and to accept something new? What was the reception? You know, I, I think, uh, and it's not only to be uh, like, uh, to have good work for my management, but I think we have really smart leaders at Lacoste because they understood that the brand is like a tree where the, I don't know how you say it in English or in French, yeah, le tronc, the trunk, you know, the, yeah, the, the, trunk, the trunk, yeah, the same way. The trunk is something we cannot negotiate with because we have brand coats. For us, it's the crocodile, green also, this is our color, tennis. Our sport, we are not a football, a soccer uh, company at Lacoste, but we are a tennis and golf company. René Lacoste, our founders, and also some campaigns that are in this trunk that needs to be really relevant for our fashion sport positioning, French fashion sport positioning. And we need to elevate this positioning every year and to premiumize, premiumize, premiumize. So this is something we cannot negotiate with we need to yeah to you work don't f it. with that yeah exactly but the oh sorry i'm 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 not good in english uh, around trees but for the the branches uh, yeah branches is the same word thank you here we can create new visual playgrounds we can create new storytelling because around the backbone we can have new kind of initiatives where we need as a brand to be bold because we need to write new storytellings. We need to also connect with new communities, new audiences, with new ways of expressing our brand territory. And this is why 
Web3 for us was an opportunity to create this new visual storytelling. And I was asked to create things we never saw with the brand. So the field of creativity and the freedom around it was total. And after I know where are the limits <laughs> with the brand, but these are the kind of operations where we can also play with the crocodile because the crocodile is maybe one of the playgrounds with the most potential for brands. Uh, and I am really lucky to, to have the, the, the opportunity to play with it. But this is something the Web3 allows us to do. That, that I think is very interesting because when you do some pattern spotting between, you know, the different champions that, that I've spoken to so far in this space, which, which is many, some of which will be doing podcasts like this, the, the topic of, um, uh, permission, in fact, not just, or not just permission to go and innovate, but literally permission to say, look, this is a new space and a new medium. Let's do something new and use the medium is, is a very common theme for the things that have been um, quite successful actually. And it, it also points a little bit to, because you mentioned as well, there's also been connections with your core product, right? Allowing people to sort of, you take that identity and express it on what people know Lacoste for, which is you guys make lovely, uh, tennis inspired lifestyle, um, you know, apparel and, um, uh, you know, and I'm able to now put my version, like my, my own thing on a product created by you. And I think that's a great segue because there's another round, you know, round one was the Genesis pass, right? Round two was, okay, we're going to bring some identity to this now as well. Um, which like you said, I think it's, it felt like a very logical thing to do, but it also creates, uh, uh, that kind of little bit deeper sense of belonging than a generic token would, but then there's the underwater factory, right? And to, to talk to us a little bit about what holders of this, um, of your tokens could, could do in the factory. What is the factory? Where is it? What happens in there? It sounds like an interesting place to hang out below the waterline. Yeah, and you know, I, I was talking about culture a few minutes ago, and I think one of the most important cultural moves of the last decade was maybe pop art in New York with another kind of factory, Andy Warhol's factory. And what we wanted to do is how we can create a collective of builders underwater in our project where they can also challenge and write a new kind of future for the brand. So we created this factory this underwater factory, which are uh, private channels for holders in our Discord, where we animate our holders into creativity fields that are going to challenge a bit the brand. So this underwater factory is also animated by a, a character named uh, and, uh, Henri de Gaillette. Gaillette is the street where our factory in France, in Troyes, which is a city in, uh, in France, uh, is located. And Henri de Gaillette is our underwater factory CEO, and he gives missions to different departments, the fashion department, the content department, the virtual world department, where our crocodiles, our holders are creating the future of the brand. For example, in the fashion department, we created a capsule collection of fashion. So a hoodie, a polo, a cap, a t-shirt with an underwater design and an underwater branding. 
that are going to be only available for our holders. But we created with holders by giving them access to our creative studio at Lacoste. Our designers went on Discord, had conversations with our community. The community voted around the design, the color, the kind of logo, etc., etc. And we produced this kind of pieces. And they are today, uh, or the day we are recording, we are going to be live also uh, in five minutes. Uh, so it's funny to have a conversation with you right now around this topic uh, of the opening of the underwater shop uh, where only our holders will buy their creation uh, in the underwater factory. So this is the first example. Second example is the content department. Uh, uh, you mentioned uh, René Lacoste, our founder and the crocodile uh, a few minutes ago. Lacoste has a crocodile because the, the crocodile was the nickname of René Lacoste. Uh, his nickname was the crocodile because he wants to play a tennis game in Boston a uh, hundred years ago uh, in August uh, 1923 in Boston, play the Davis Cup around, uh, against uh, Australia. And in Boston, he was walking in the streets uh, a day before the game with his captain, his uh, Davis uh, Cup captain. And he told his captain uh, uh, in front of a shop, see this uh, crocodile suitcase. If I win the game, you will offer me. And a journalist in Boston heard the story and gave to René Lacoste the nickname of the crocodile because he was really strong and uh, full of tenacity around the court. And... This nickname created a logo. We were the first brand with a sport brand with a logo at Lacoste. And uh, uh, where was a, this crocodile was on millions of people around the world a, hundred, a century after. And this story, I'm not only uh, telling you this story to do a Lacoste branding with you guys, but we told this story to our holders and we make them in the content department in our underwater factory, create the visual of this story with inter uh, artificial intelligence, with Midjourney, to give a new birth a century after to this story with our technology of the 21st of the century to tell this story to other crocodiles around the world on our e-commerce, our digital flagship, in some editorials around this story. And this is how we connect the dots between a community full of creativity using today's technology to tell and to create new forms, new fields of storytelling around our legacy, around our DNA, and around our lack of story. So the, the reason why I think this factory part is such a, an important part of the storyline here is because if you rewind to the beginning of this episode and you talk about why you wanted to do this, play, co-creation, uh, a horizontal relationship, with your community, the factory is really the, the manifestation of that. And anybody who's working in a brand right now, who's thinking about what might it look like, you got to get in that channel and see what's going on in there. Because I, I really do think that you, you, you start to believe it when you see it. And when you see it connected back to your core business, which is there is product, which has now been co-created with that community, which is going to be on a virtual store which is, I believe you access it through your e-commerce site, right? In fact, I've been to the homepage. You scroll down the homepage. The summer online store is there. 
and um i i know you did this with a with um i forget the name of the agency but it's really really Imperia. great work Imperia. Imperia, that's right <laughs> and um you know you can go upstairs you can go downstairs as a mini game but the the under the the basement level the underwater level is just reserved for those token holders and that's where you'll be buying products created by this community that that's kind of a full circle um uh experience bringing it a little bit more back to a special experience that your core business can deliver yeah and with with really strong results because you know these all these virtual experiences on ecom uh they're interesting because they are they're, they produce new new visual storytelling it's a new way also to discover the brand but at the end the people want to buy on ecom uh in a regular way and uh these are good videos for investors' days. Investors' days, but at the end, it's not changing uh, the face of the world in terms of performance. But here in this experience, we added two features that created a strong, strong, strong engagement. First, a, uh, a play-to-earn feature, where you can play to a video game in the underwater room that you can access only with your uh, underwater uh, card, which is our new Genesis Pass. Uh, and you can also access it with, access it, sorry, with your uh, Club Lacoste, our loyalty program, uh, login, uh, login. And here you can play with us and earn things. And the second thing is that you have exclusive products for the underwater community that you can buy in this shop. And these two features created a really, really strong traffic uh, and repeated traffic with a strong engagement around the the, the experience. So really interesting for us because when we co we we have the virtual experience, but with the relevant features and the relevant uh, value proposition in terms of exclusivity, the figures are really really interesting. And it's not only a nice to see experience; it's also a nice, really uh, uh, interesting experience in terms of conversion rate. Uh, on yeah. ecom uh, and this is really interesting for us at the end in terms of business yeah 100% I mean how many people must there be focusing on optimizing every last piece of the commerce experience for every 0.1% of conversion right and uh, I mean I'm, I'm guessing that you know that the numbers side of that stuff is 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 probably something that you need to sort of keep keep to yourself but if you can give us an idea of um, just like how surprised were you with um with what you saw in those results obviously you had a hypothesis that you'd, you'd you'd create an impact here but how did the results compare to your expectation in creating this special members only access that's that's kind of facilitated by the the underwater probe but i i can be i uh on the on the global underwater program yeah on the you talked about conversion for example on uh, in the commerce for for holders yep. Two things on on the virtual experience. Uh, uh, I, I, honestly, at the, at the beginning, I had not any expectations around turnover, and I was quite surprised about the turnover because uh, uh, it was. I can't give you. The, I can't give you the, the exact number, but uh, it's like uh, uh, it was like a week of turnover of a regular Lacoste shop uh, only in this experience with not the most easy access uh, to product uh, experience. So really interesting in terms of turnover, in terms in term of traffic and time spent. Uh, and then most generally in, uh, on the underwater experience the, and the underwater community, what is really impressing is the way we can quickly convert prospect and 
not, uh, like, yeah, yeah, prospect to real active customers. Some of the, the holders were aware about the brand, but not some big customers, not really active customers. And some of them become some of our best customers. And when you see the figures, the way that we convert people into good customers through the experience and through the conversation is really, really impressive. And uh, I'm working on social media, I'm working on CRM. So I think uh, I can see also all the lovers we have to create frequency, lifetime value, etc. Web3 have some results that are really, really impressive. But the problem is that the scale of Web3 for now is smaller. For us, it's like 6,000, yeah, six or 7,000 holders. It's good, but uh, the real question for us is how we can now use this uh, proof of success we created with Underwater at scale with not only 10,000 people, but 100,000 or maybe one day 1 million. And this is something we are working on by with a better customer journey, maybe a more inclusive experience because often the web free experiences are really complicated for regular guys. Wording is complicated. Mechanics is, are complicated. Some storytelling and some assets are really, really crypto related. So these are things we were working on to engage more people and to create a new experience, but at scale. Yeah. Like I think, and you're certainly not alone in that journey, I think, right? Especially um, when you're, you're experience <clears throat> delivering the experience to, to those people and sort of seeing the limitations and that is, is a really widespread, you know, understood narrative here. Like, you know, Web3 UX generally sucks, Web2.5, et cetera, right? Um, but um, the, the thing that every brand marketer should really kind of latch onto there is you know in this group of brand fans right because amongst your crocodiles right who now have an identity who have another reason to belong another reason to contribute it's not like you're paying them either right like it's just you're giving a degree of access uh which is sharing your brand's infrastructure and your ip in a way which is only possible through this with them, you can create a differentiated experience which captures some value that comes along with that blogging. So when you said, you know, we want to co-create with people, there's also a sense of sharing the fruit of that co-creation with this community as well. Now the question is, well, you know what? Like, forget Web3 and forget Underwater for a minute. Just take all the consumers for the brand. There's always some kind of, you know, pyramid shape when you look at lifetime value, right? So... You know, the Web3 lot at the top, the crocodiles might be like, you know, the 0.1 or maybe even smaller percent in terms of the number of consumers and extremely valuable. But maybe in your regular, regular Lacoste loyalty program, the first 5 or 10% of the most engaged and loyal consumers, there may still be headroom to take some of these learnings and sprinkle it amongst them. Because probably, you know, this kind of stuff might not be for a hundred percent of consumers. Some people might just come for the odd polo every now and again. Don't want an account. Thank you very much. Just love the polo. Just give me the 12, 12, L 12, 12, but that five to 10% feels like where it might be where the sweet spot could be. How do you guys think about 
who these learnings might be relevant for amongst your consumer base? How big do you want to take it and how fast? But when we run uh, surveys, uh, quantitative or qualitative surveys with our best customers and we ask them, what do you want with us? What, do, what are the features you want in the loyalty program? Do you want gifts? Do you want discounts? Do you want invitations to uh, Roland Garros finals? Do you want to play with us? The first item, when we ask them randomly, first item is, I want to create with you guys. I want to see what's it, what is behind the curtain. I want to, to interact with you guys. And when we position and we propose them what we do to Web3 in a more like Web2 perspective, a Web2 journey, this is something that like 95% of them want in the experience. So we totally believe that for best customers, more engaged customers, these experiences are really, really relevant. And that at the end, we are building a membership value proposition with a strong reward model because also people want access to discount, want access to gifts. This is something really classic and we need to be better at this. But also, they want also to be rewarded for more qualitative interactions with the brand and a play to earn, a create to earn, a talk to earn a program where the experience around the brand is not only based on buying the brand, but also on leaving the brand in a true Lacoste lifestyle. And that's yeah. what we want to build. And when we ask our best customers, we think this direction can be the good one. So we are going to invest on it, but we need to find what are the good platforms to build on, uh, to build. Because right now we are working on Ethereum. People are using dollars or euros. We are working on Discord. People are on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, we are using wallets. People have iPhones or uh, Samsung or uh, other kind of devices. So how can we build on the most relevant platform to scale? Uh, and this is something I don't have for now the question because I'm today all, I'm still balanced between the conviction that the web free ecosystem is going to build strongly on maybe more inclusive uh, platforms, but also I think the web free recipes of uh, horizontality, of new narratives and new storytellings and new virtual uh, playgrounds and this technology will maybe more infusing, more be uh, used on Web two platform, but only on pure Web three platform. So this is yeah. something I don't know. I don't know your opinion on on that, but this is the big question, and it's important to find quickly the answer. But because if we want to scale, uh, I think, and I'm repeating myself, but this customer journey issue is the, maybe the most important. Yeah, yeah. Um... No, I think I think any practitioner in the space is now seeing that in the, in the things that we also build for communities and fans. The just down to like, how would you log into this thing? <laughs> you know, like like just the most basic of um, elements of the experience is is always a question. But you know, the view is to really include people as much as possible. And in general, the trade off that I think we're making is how religiously to stick to the concepts of decentralization and sovereignty um, in an experience. Because 
it's kind of, you know, there's the voice of it's not Web3 uh, unless it's, you know, a digital asset in your wallet. And, you know, the, uh, the, the original philosophy behind Bitcoin, you know, around sovereignty of assets. But on the other hand, you know, you can give people, you know, ownership of something which you take care of for them. It's still in kind of inside your wall garden. And the blockchain and NFT aspect of it is really just providing the rails to, to deliver the verifiable scarcity of all of that stuff economically. And eventually we figure out, well, how do we do things like, you know, encourage people to take this asset themselves and use it elsewhere or be able to, to identify that this account is holding this asset with low cost and therefore should have special privileges in one of your brand partners. It's one of the whole benefits of doing this thing on an, on an open blockchain. So those seem to be some of the, the things that we sort of decide to sort of trade off to try and figure out how you get more and more people um, using it. But you started this conversation by saying that like Web3 was just one paintbrush available to create that sense of belonging and that co-creation and the rest of that. So blending that into the toolkit feels like from a brand perspective, absolutely the right way to go. Um, I'm going to now like maybe just move us on a little bit to let's talk about how the sausage got made. You've been giving us actually really good, authentic and candid uh, nuggets throughout this. But one of the things that um, I'd like you to shed a bit of light on is, you know, compared to October 2021 until now, right, when you first saw the observation and were deciding which are the best bits you want to take for Lacoste and move it forward. So how has the team changed? over that time you know what kind of people or skills did you have to bring into into this effort or collect from the organization together how's it all set up uh, first uh before expertise uh and like relevant skills we needed people because uh the, the amount of work around web3 is like crazy and when we launched the project we had uh, our social media director working only himself with agencies, external agencies around this project. So the amount of work for him was like uh, crazy. Uh, and thanks to him because he made uh, an amazing job, honestly, by uh, handling a new topic for the company with external teams with a really relevant approach in my sense, uh, I think. Uh, so he did a great job and he now built a new team with uh, four people internal, internally in the company with skills around Web3 for sure, so previous experiences on, uh, around Web3 and also gaming and esports, uh, which are things we want to also to investigate at Lacoste. And now we have, I think, the, the, the good amount of people in the company to handle the project, also to have strategic skills to uh, have the long-term vision inside the company and then to have the right balance of uh, workload between what we are capable to do at Lacoste and what we need also to outsource, outsource sorry, uh, through external agencies. Got it. And the social media side of things, I guess, is, is really to sort of manage the, manage the discord and um, all of the real-time interaction that you now have with this community, along with the messaging on other touch points and things like that. But I, I'm, 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 are there any other resources that you have to put on this to sort of, you know, manage the program, to manage any kind of agencies or support that you have, like deciding what to do next with the underwater cars, which is the, the latest iteration of the, of the program? 
I'm guessing there might be people from your loyalty program, from, you know, from other core parts of your team who are kind of maybe like somehow networked into this, um, this, this thing. Is it dedicated resources or do you kind of run a network model like that? No, it's like a network, but you know, for a lot of people in the company, this was really new. For example, when I, uh, I'm going to, going to see my, uh, <laughs> my, my colleagues in the legal department, explaining them, I want to create a new thing, which is the underwater card, which is a dynamic NFT that you connect to a website named the mission where you participate to different missions around creativity, around gaming. Uh, you earn points in a leaderboard. At the end, two things. The best people in the leaderboard have rewards. And also your NFT is more rare because if you have 200 points directly through the blockchain, the NFT is going to be more rare. And when you see the ranking on a Bunsy, it's dynamically changing depending on your implication or your performance in the project. <laughs> when I say this to you, you're a marketing guy. So yeah, it makes sense. Fun, we need to test it. I say this to my uh, colleagues at the legal department. <laughs> it is something where they need to work on it because this is new, based on blockchain, on all countries, not only limited to a specific country. In Ethereum, with sometimes maybe not an end date, enfin, this is really new for them. Same thing for finance. Fine, we never... Um, accepted before this project, people to buy a product with cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So how do we deal wallets? How do we deal uh, compliance? How do we uh, work with uh, accounting? Uh, how do we do a, a VAT uh, around this? And everything was this project created, created new expertises, new skills in the company in different departments. And this was really, really interesting because for every one working around this project, it was also a kind of innovation vertical in his job. So really fun also because really interesting for them because not the day-to-day -day work they are doing. Yeah. I, I have to say, um, the, the, when we talk about how the sausage is made, we really need to talk about those people because... You know, we had the same thing also at, um, at Adidas in Q4 in the weeks, just the weeks before the launch, you know, some pretty interesting discussions with, with tax, with treasury, with, with, with legal about the flow of goods and the flow of money and how this was all going to work and how we are going to manage our currency risk and does this appear on the balance sheet and what partners do we need to work with to, you know, move between fiat and crypto. The, these things like, uh, you know, if there's a number one piece of advice for anybody in a brand out there, get them on board at the beginning, because it's going to take oh, yeah. some time, you know, absolutely from, uh, from the outset to, to get the heads around it. Uh, but, uh, completely, because the technology is really easy. Huh? This is for me the first time I'm working on a tech project with the good time to market. Everything is launched on time. The cost is honestly okay. Uh, and when you work on the other side on like a new loyalty program, <laughs> two years, 100 people in the company, uh, six months delays uh, because these are corporate networks, corporate technology with like interactions with all the systems. Here, the technology is really, really easy. 
But the legal and the finance part, the compliance part, is maybe the biggest issue uh, around Web3 because everything is new. Half of the things has no laws in most of the countries. And for people internally, these are new topics. And often these guys have already a lot of work. So it's really, really hard for them to uh, discover new fields because they are, have their timetable is really full. So perhaps but i'm i'm guessing i'm guessing you'll have had some some you know excitement and some resistance in the mix depending on you know who who the the individuals roles there but in that case i guess part of your role then has also been to kind of inspire the uh to mobilize those resources when you know it's not necessarily something which was part of their quarterly objectives at the beginning you know like it kind of maybe emerges as part of the uh the 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 um the emerging innovation plan here uh, but it sounds to me like you do have space at the cost to, to, to do that, right? Like, I mean, you, you mentioned before, you didn't really have to fight the organization. On the contrary, there was a spirit of find me new ways to interact, find me new ways to do this. So did you actually find that, you know, on the legal tax and treasury side, that that spirit was there as well? We have the chance to work with, to develop this project in an amazing company in terms of culture, because. We are, in co we are in a company of, with a real collective spirit and it's, it's a true value in the company. Uh, and we are a company of innovation and a big amount of freedom regarding our industry. For example, of this project, we presented like one or two, time, two times in Comex. And after, the freedom was quite total. No, uh, Com like, Comex is like your executive committee, is it? It's, yeah, like, it's like a governing committee. body. Yeah, okay. it's our CEO and like the, the, the five or six executive vice presidents. Uh, and honestly, it was like a, a, a nice way also to present the project to answer questions, but the trust they gave us was really total. So it was also important for us to, uh, to be grateful for the trust and to... to <laughs> to deliver uh, something uh, performant and relevant for the brand. But this shows the spirit we have in the company where when we, we think that something will fulfill the vision in a relevant way for the brand, we are in a long term and not only a, so a short term thing, because these, these are things we don't want to do at low cost. We are ready to invest in it, invest in money, invest in time, invest in people and invest in trust. And this is something, all, always I have a question, how did you manage to do something like uh, out of, so out of the box in a corporate company, uh, in a, like working uh, billions of turnovers in 100 countries? I'm always answering, but at Lacoste, it was quite easy, uh, honestly, and this was not the topic. It was most difficult to work on legal topics or uh, finance topics because this was new for the company than to convince internally that this was something uh, important to do in a long-term perspective for the brand. That's so interesting. You know, there's a sort of expression about, um, you know, it's, I think, a general expression, not a corporate innovation one around when to ask forgiveness and when to ask for permission. Right. And and I certainly know that, like, you know, from, from, from my time at Adidas, that knowing when to make that choice around, you know, when to let something bubble up and then when to make it visible is a key choice in giving innovation topics the right oxygen at the right time. 
And it sounds to me like at Lacoste, you had the oxygen you needed from the very beginning, which which I think is a um, a, a very privileged position actually. And and one of the patterns that you see in in brands which have been successful in this space. Now you said you said a little bit earlier, you know, we also made a ton of mistakes uh, along the way, right? Um, if you could go back to BB twelve months ago and say. Here's something I would definitely advise. Like knowing what I know now, here's something that I would do differently. What would it be? Uh, so many things. Uh, first, I think um, we understood um, too late uh, the specific communication needs around web, around Web3. For example, we didn't create a dedicated Twitter account uh, a year ago. We did it like two months ago. So... Uh, term of performance, this was not the best move. Uh, we were a bit late also in creating merchandising for the community. We had the first move with a, a design what was not the best one. Um, and I think maybe we, uh, we should, from the beginning, find a collaborative partner around Web3, like Adidas did with, uh, with Yuga. Uh, I think maybe uh, we should have uh, worked something about more collaborations from the beginning. But also, um, we did it our way. Uh, and I think in a real, real singular way, uh, what we did was always unique. Uh, the underwater card, the Genesis Pass, uh, uh, the way also we interact with the community. For example, yesterday, I spent two hours in IMA uh, in an Ask Me Anything session with my community. Two hours, asking questions, answering questions, no taboo. Uh, everything was answered on the team, what we are doing with the money of the Mint, uh, what are the long-term perspective, uh, uh, what, <laughs> what football team is my favorite, etc., etc., etc. No, but, and, and to be honest, uh, we are totally linked to our community on daily basis on the channels on, on Discord, on Ask Me Anything sessions. And this is something we did well. And we modified, we did iterations around the project thanks to our community because we understood from the beginning that the floor depends on people from the team being on the floor. You know, we need to interact with the community to build together because this is web free. Web3 is connecting with, uh, is building together. And this is something I think we did well. Uh, and we are going to pursue because this is fun. This is challenging. And I think this is how we can be creative as a brand and also as a professional team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's also for sure a, um, a common thread that you, that you hear throughout um, is get ready for a different style of communication and actually the 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 immediate impact that you see when you humanize the brand with your community by being a person not a brand right like wh where where else can you experience the people working at the brand except by actually being an employee of the brand right yeah, to, to be exactly. able to speak to the person in charge of the program yeah. and ask them whatever when that you know 
normally we're not used to that, right? We're carrying the weight of the whole brand on our shoulders. And it's just like every communication is very tightly controlled. Every post is timetables. Like it, there's a, there's a transmission of communication from a centralized brand to consumers. And we hope they're going to come to the website and sign up and buy stuff. What you're doing is humanizing Lacoste for all of those people and making that feel like a, a horizontal relationship. Um, and, but it does take, it's emotional labor as well, right? I mean, that's two hours of your time as well. It's, it's something which now needs to be factored into to your life. And any Web3 founder, corporate or otherwise, I think will say that's a really big investment as well. You give a lot in order to be able yeah, to create that yeah. connection. And, and it's true. And you give a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of emotional uh, emotions also. Because sometimes when you work like 70 hours a week, you spend your nights uh, speaking with a community. And at the end, you have like a small technical bug, you know, or something late. And guys are, what are you doing at that cost? Are you lazy guys? <laughs> at the end, it's a bit hard to hear. But this is also the, the challenging part and the interest for me of the project. And as you say, it's humanizing the brand because for our customers speaking with us, understanding also how we work as a brand and also as a company, it's really interesting also for them to learn around the, our industry. Yesterday, I had the question, can we do a, a, a capsule collection around footwear at Lacoste with underwater? I want it for Christmas. <laughs> I told the guy, yeah, we can do it on, on the paper, but if you want it on Christmas, it's complicated because if I want to create... Which year? Which well, year? Voilà. <laughs> no, if you want it uh, to, to design, uh, design from scratch of a new Lacoste sneaker... It's like one year and a half of design, of looking for materials, testing quality, looking for suppliers, etc., 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 etc. And this is not something we are in. And this was like an information for them. I, I remember because I joined Adidas in the supply chain, right? Because oh. uh, I, I have a background in manufacturing and I, was, I joined a consumer goods company in sporting goods because it was crazy to me that even a t-shirt, the first time that you think about that t-shirt to when it comes to life is like a year, you know, maybe eight months or whatever. Things are a little faster now. But footwear is an engineered product, you know? It's an engineered product and it needs to be on your foot and it needs to last, right? So, you know, and the idea of like a new tooling, I was like, what the hell is a tooling? You know, like that is the mold in which you inject the rubber to make the actual sole of the shoe. That, there's economics around whether to do that and what techniques to use. So, so I think actually the pulling back the curtain part, it's really important what you said about it's a two-way street. I'm not just here to sort of take shit from a community who are like, when this and when that. There's an understanding and an appetite to, to, to get behind the curtain and figure out, well, how does this business work anyway? And, um, and what can I ask of this company? What can I propose that can be feasible? Um, but yeah, it does, it does, you know, I remember the first time that you experience FUD in, uh, inside a brand is a bit of a wake up call, right? It's a bit of a, yeah. oh my God, you know, like, um, wow, that was a rough day in the office when you're answering directly to your community and, you know, some things seem reasonable and you, some things are just like expectations you never thought would exist. Yeah. And I remembered when a year ago. Uh, when we launched the, the Discord, we announced the Mint and everyone was were asking, we want an AMA, we want to ask me anything uh, session. 
So we did the asking any fixation. And I remember I was in front of this computer in the meeting room at Lacoste where I saw in a second a thousand of PFPs <laughs> appearing on my Discord board. And I was doing like a press conference in front of a thousand guys. And this is really new because we are not used to do this. We are not used to... With no to, scripts, right? Yeah. With no Can brand you? messaging, <laughs> with no... With no PR team telling you, okay, so Ben, these are the things that we can talk about and these are the things that we can't talk about. You know, it's 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 definitely a very different um MO, but you've been really clear about the flip side and the benefits of, of doing that. I just because I know I need to be respectful of your time as well. And we we've been talking a lot about some of the some of the things to to brace for if you want to bring your brand into the space. Let's talk about um what your dream for the program is for the next let's say 12 to 24 months like do you do you live in a world where you like talk about your ambition for 2025 with with uh with what you've started with underwater but for me the dream is to um to build more and more bridges between this project and the the regular lacoste brand and the, and the regular lacoste company also because you know, I saw yesterday uh, uh, one of our holders uh, wrote me. He was engaged uh, and, uh, in a permanent contract. He's in one of our shops uh, in France. And I, I told him, wow, we are colleagues right now. And you know, this guy is, is like 20 years old and this is his first job. And thanks to this project, now but maybe he will have a career in retail at Lacoste and uh, I think a nice future for them. And how this is what we want to build is how we can create value for people with this project, creative value, make them to learn new creative skills, to express what they have with in their head thanks to the brand and to nourish uh, the global brand creativity. So I want also to uh, create more and more content for our regular Web2 channel thanks to Web3. Also create new playgrounds for the brand to... Uh, express this crocodile in uh, many, many, many different ways. And then at the end, uh, what I will dream, because we are talking about dreams, uh, is to have in two years and one and only program, brand program with in it a reward model and uh, also a creative platform where it's one and only loyalty program but based on both transactional relationships and creative relationships, qualitative relationships, in something available for all kinds of customers from uh, like eight, 18 year old, years old to uh, 80 years old because it's easy to use, easy to understand, to understand and easy to play with. And this is something we want to develop, uh, but I think the path is quite long. Uh, but the impact on the brand culture is so high, but this is something we want to invest time and money and money on on it because uh, I have a conviction it's gonna work. Do do you get do you get asked to deliver a certain amount of uh, revenue or LTV lift at this moment, or is it really purely around just bring me new ways to engage and elevate? The, the no, brand experience. No, the, the return of, on, of uh, return on investment on this project is uh, is more on marketing KPIs like uh, activity in the community, uh, 
activity on Discord, these are the KPIs. Uh, we are doing turnover, enfin, we did turnover with, um, with the means last year. Uh, as you all know, uh, royalties are not uh, uh, right now the, the best, uh, best uh, source of revenue uh, for many reasons. Um, and we also uh, sell some dedicated underwater clothing to our community. So these are revenues. But at the end, what we want to do is to manage KPIs of activity. But on the other hand, what I need to do and, uh, is to scale this project because and I'm transparent with the community and uh, also transparent internally. We are not going also to invest for years time and money on a community of uh, 5,000 people. Yeah. We are doing it because we are convinced, convinced that we can scale this kind of experiences to more people. Uh, and this is what we need to do because for now, Web3 is still a niche, a small community with different mindsets and uh, purposes. And we need to find also audiences more relevant for us uh, and with better scale. So this is... Yeah. Uh, I think our challenge for the next uh, 12 months. Yeah. But to be transparent about that upfront, I think is also really important because there's, there could be an expectation of just entertaining this small group for the next little while here. And you always have to figure out how to look after all your children, the ones that have been there from the beginning and, uh, the ones that you will bring in as well. Um, and, um, I can see, I, I think it's a very exciting path, not a trivial one, but a very exciting path. But here's a few things which are super clear from this conversation, uh, Ben, as we as we wrap up, which is, you know, the approach that you've taken, I think also by virtue of your role and your responsibility in Lacoste is this is very much about just bringing the medium of Web3 and the attitude of Web3 to take a very consumer first approach, always at the heart of this um, thing. This is a new way to drive engagement, have that eye level conversation and elevate the brand experience, which is what the brand has been trying to do. But it's also clear just in the way that you've spoken, you're in it for the long term as well. Like this is something which is just the last year, um, you know, if you were to have a documentary of this, it would just be chapter one of, uh, of the yeah. documentary. Maybe there'll be one one day, um, you know, maybe some footage from this will appear in that, in that documentary. Um, but the other thing which is super clear is that it takes a certain type of commitment to drive that right? A certain type of open-mindedness, both from a corporate culture perspective, but also from the team and especially yourself being responsible for that, to be open to what the, what you can learn from your community and to take a little risk, you know, with, um, and be courageous in opening up the brand's infrastructure and opening up your time, your energy in ways that normally is, is not part of the course for, for corporate employment or for corporate innovation. So, Lacoste, I think, is very lucky to have you in the seat. And uh, we're very excited to see what comes next with um, the underwater card. Tell us a little bit more about where people can find you, um, where anywhere you want to direct people to to learn more about um, what you're doing with underwater. Well, uh, to learn more, we have uh, an underwater website, underwater.lacoste.com. Uh, uh, and also, if you want to learn more, you join the Lacoste uh, Discord, uh, Lacoste Underwater Discord, and you ping BB. Uh, it's me, and I will, <laughs> I will answer you and, and give you information with, uh, with pleasure. 
Um, and then uh, we have also Twitter, uh, like a standard water Twitter, if you want the, to, to access the last news uh, around the, the project. So we'll make sure that those are all in the show notes here as well for you guys who are watching here. Um, ben, I think the last thing is to just say a deep thank you for taking us on the tour for your candor and authenticity as well in recounting the story. Hopefully this has given anybody out there working in brands inspiration to, to, uh, to really go for it. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing what comes next for Lacoste. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you and thank you for the quality of, uh, of the conversation. Uh, it was really, really uh, nice for me to, to be with you this afternoon. So thank you for the invitation. Well, I think some of the questions come from a little bit of hard learnings from myself, myself as well. So it's, it's always good to speak to champions of innovation. Ben, thank you so much. And, uh, and guys, I look forward to uh, sharing the next episode with you um, as and when we, we come out with that. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.